I just felt like it was a great opportunity to be uh, a leader. This is the freestyle way. So, B-Boy Wicked, Howdy. welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to be here. Dude, this is your third appearance, technically. You did one interview. I think it was episode 13. And then on episode three, you did a soundbite for it. And in addition to that, you are pretty much on every single episode of the podcast because uh, you are the voiceover in the intro and you created the soundtrack. So (laughs) you're all over this thing. That makes me very, very spoiled. I don't know if it's spoiled or if it makes me lucky. Um, you you were also the sound engineer for the podcast for two seasons. Yeah, that was a great experience. Uh, not having that? not not having to uh, mix any music, but mix vocals and and to make sure that the transitions were smooth and and everything was crispy. So that was great. Thank you for letting me do that, dude. Amazing. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, we talk on the phone all the time. So uh, may- maybe we'll make this conversation um, similar to the conversations that we have in private, but adding a little bit of a, a direction. And the direction that I wanted to kind of go down today was breaking your career and just to like dive into it right away. Um, when it comes to breaking, now that I've been kind of close to the fire for a while, I realize that there are a lot of myths or misconceptions. What's the most common misconception when it comes to breaking, especially when you're out and about and somebody asks you what you do and you say breaking or break dancing and they go like, oh, so on like cardboard, like that could be a myth. Uh, what, what, in your opinion, is the biggest misconception? The misconception is we never stopped. <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. We never stopped. It just it, it just wasn't in it didn't disappear. It wasn't in the mainstream eye. It was, it was still going on, and um, it was going on in the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands. Uh, now that the uh, Olympics are featuring breaking in it, all of a sudden people are like, "Hey, so breaking came back?" No, it's it's been here. So yeah, it's interesting. Because I guess that's the commercial side of things. I was listening to Rockstrike the other day on uh, Profo's um, podcast. And one of the things that uh, Rockstrike said was that although, you know, breakdancing is going to the Olympics and this whole thing is kind of exploding, that uh, breaking is still an underground culture and it's still an underground craft. Uh do you agree with that or do you see it differently? I I agree with that 100%. It's still very raw. Um, you pick your lane. You know, there's, there's opportunity to take it to the professional level with the Olympics and there's opportunity to still keep it raw and, and not um, go that direction. So uh, you just have to be focused on what your goal is. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to say? Where are you trying to compete at? So... Um, yeah, that's, that's 100% accurate. And I think it's great for the, for the scene. Yeah. What do you want people to know about breaking people who know nothing about it? What do you hope they see when they see it for the first time, for example, at the Olympics? Uh, what I want them to see that this is, this is a difficult, uh, 
It's a difficult dance. It's very difficult. It's not something you could just jump into and and put a timeline on. Like if uh, you say you have kids that you want um, to learn how to break, you can't tell them, okay, in two weeks you'll learn this, in three months you'll learn. No, everyone has a different uh, response to learning moves. Even if you have the greatest coaches, you're not going to learn these things in, in, in a week, in two weeks, in two months. Everybody's different. So um, it's just a game of patience and, and, and how your body responds to it and how often you practice, how faithful are you to your practice. And also, it's, this is not uh, – th- this is still an art form it, in, in a sports manner, but it, it's a very uh, tricky – way to categorize it but it's an art form and a sport it's a it's an art sport mm-hmm. yeah it's like uh, uh gravity likes to say is that um the new athletes are artists and and that's exactly what you're you're expressing here you from my understanding and correct me if i'm wrong here you were in the timeline of the existence of breaking you emerged in breaking at the time where the culture was transitioning into a more competitive expression. Is that, is that true? First, first and foremost? Yeah, I believe in, in the early nineties, um, breaking events was, they were really rare. There were only a few throughout the year, maybe five, six. I, I mean, now you've got five, six in one month. So, yeah, I've definitely been through the wave. Right. And what was it about competing and breaking that was exciting to you or appealing to you? Why not just practice on your own with your friends and um, do it in a way that was more uh, based in the roots of like dancing in a club, for example, and, and connecting in that way? Well, first, it's really to prove to yourself that you can learn these moves and to master a move. That's, you know, for me, that's what it was about. Um, And then once I began to master a move and perform these moves in front of people, then it became like, oh, I became popular all of a sudden. And I just wanted to become more popular and more popular and and get the attention. Um, So it, it was a mixture of that and wanting to stay um, stay that guy like be the best mm-hmm. yeah talk to me about popularity like what's what's up with that why do you think we crave being popular or recognized why did you crave that it was just it was uh it was like a rush even though i'm i'm really a shy guy but once you tap into a source where music hits you and music inspires you and people around you want to see you perform or or battle something changes and and you become this other person and um it's a rush you know you want you want it to last forever but it doesn't last forever and and the next time you see these people you want to be better you want to show something else what you've been working on so it's it's a constant uh reminded that this is w- what my passion was is still and i continue to want to challenge myself and and to show people look this is what i've been working on so it's a constant uh way of challenging challenging yourself and, and staying staying a student not getting comfortable that's mm. that's how i look at it 
Yeah, and if people go back to episode 13, uh, talking about being a student, you dropped out of school <laughs> because you didn't want to be a student of the system. You wanted to be a student of breaking. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, so so what did breaking teach you? What's like the, the, the take-home lesson that breaking taught you that school couldn't at the time? Um, breaking. I mean, that that's what I fell in love with. That's what I wanted to learn. That's what was keeping me out of gangs that was i mean i was hanging out with gangsters i could have easily been a driver <laughs> but uh i chose a different route and uh breaking <laughs> breaking was um I, I just can't imagine you <laughs> that's hilarious yeah exactly right you can't because it's it's not me but that's that's why i hung around with that school but um luckily you know, I fell in love with breaking and it took me a different route. And, and at that point, it just school was just not um, giving me that freedom, giving me that joy. And. And I just felt like this, this is something that I had to take advantage of. I was getting opportunities uh, and, you know, I was young, I was athletic, uh, I was in the beginning of my prime and. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was just an opportunity that I had to take. It was a risk. And 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 luckily, I had the family to support. Of course, they weren't, you know, they, they were not happy about my decisions, my grades, dropping out of school, moving away. and But they supported me. So, owe a lot to my family. Yeah, it seems like this is actually a theme with artists and creatives and people who kind of don't conform to the system that the majority of us follow is that they at a relatively early age, 15, 16, 17, tend to just go out and try to do their thing. And I'm just wondering how, how do you see now looking back um, how your family took it and what would you have done if you were in their position? Good question. Wow. Um, I would have told uh, my mentors to keep me in school and to listen to my family. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, mentors, that's great. Uh, do you currently yeah. have uh, mentors? Absolutely. You're one of them, if you, kn if you know it or not. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you've told me that, and, and we have a good friendship, and I appreciate being able to guide you in any way that I can. But uh, yeah, in, in terms of your mentors, um, do you seek out mentors? Do they appear? Um, how do you find them? Because I know a lot of um, young breakers, young artists, young creatives are uh, constantly trying to figure out how do I break through? But I mean, you, you are in the prime of your career, uh, although you're retired from competition. Uh, you're in, I see you as the, in the prime of your career. Uh, you seem to be still trying to grow. And I'm curious, um, yeah, how do you seek out the support of others and mentorship and how has it been helping you specifically? I mean, mentorship is is available. I mean, look, look, look at the technology now, our phones, our, the, the MacBook, all the technology is just a, a source to reach out and, and to uh, better yourself. I mean, my mentorship, my mentor... <laughs> On IG all day, uh, I'm reaching out to people that I don't even know, 
asking questions. Sometimes they'll respond back. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll drop videos and I'll be like, oh, that's what, that's how you do it. Oh, this is how you edit. Oh, this is when I should post. Oh, this is when I should go to sleep. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I, th- there's a lot of information out there now that I learned from my students. And I'm like, damn, I should be paying you. <laughs> so it's like whatever I, I have a a drive to do like whatever I want to learn or whatever I'm trying to do this month. If I'm trying to put out a magazine, if I'm trying to put out a music video, some, some new beats, whatever it is, I'm just always staying in tune and and seeing what else is out. How else, what else do I need to learn? And even if I do know how to make a beat, there's gotta be some new technology or some new plugin or whatever to, to make it um, even better. How can I reach people? How can I just be better all around? You know, mm-hmm. so uh, if it's not you, then, you know, it, 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 it may be my student. It may be somebody on IG. It may be somebody on YouTube. I mean, the information is there. We just have to, you know, be be uh, patient and, and search for the information, the correct mm-hmm. information. Yeah, which uh, sometimes searching for that information takes a long time and also the the other thing is uh sometimes searching for that information within your immediate community is not always uh the best avenue it doesn't mean that it's not there it it just means that uh maybe there's somebody in a different environment in a different context that has different expertise you were talking about sleep you were talking about editing you're talking about growing your social media whatever it is um there are people out there that know how to do it better and integrating what other experts are saying or other people in other fields are saying is really powerful. And I think that's something that I really admire about you is that you have really um, been somebody who like cross pollinates basically. (laughs) Oh, I'm a cross pollinator. Yes, you are in in, in all shapes and form. Um, Let's write that down. Yeah. yeah, Write that down. How do you spell pollinator? (laughs) Should have stayed in school. I'll figure it out. But I think you know what I mean, that you you have really been able to pull from different uh, sources of information and integrate it into who you are and what you do as an artist, as a breaker, and um, in all the different roles that you currently um, express yourself in, which kind of leads me to exactly a year ago, a year and a few weeks ago, uh, you brought me in to um, consult with you, uh, Flowmaster and Bonita, uh, you were working with uh, Breaking for Gold USA and on developing Team USA and what's going to be uh, the uh, group of people that represent the United States in the first Olympics that Breaking is going to be in, which is in Paris in 2024. And I'm curious, why did you decide to join um, that team? I just felt like it was a great opportunity to be uh, a leader and, and to lead the, the athletes and, and to to coach them in a way that I haven't been coached and to give them my experience, share with them uh, my formula of breaking and, and to, to just try to give them the best opportunity to be better at practice and, and be better on the dance floor. So um, the opportunity was there. It still is there. Uh, I'm not as hands-on as I was. I'm more of a, an advisor to the coaches and the athletes. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, it, 
it was a great opportunity and um to 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 realize that this is this is huge for them this is huge for us this is huge for the country and huge for the scene so um it was a great honor to be to be a part of it mm. yeah i agree it was a very special time and i was so thankful to get to be involved it was interesting to see what's behind the scenes and how it works and uh it was fun to see the inception of something that i think is going to be historic in many ways and it was also terrifying to see um how much people are navigating in the dark and have no clue what's coming <laughs> no light no 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 flashlight nothing 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 and at uh, for uh, you know at the best of my abilities i i i tried to to advise every single one of you uh, in a way that uh, hopefully uh, left some kind of uh, hope for success or or accelerate the process in a way that allowed uh, less pain to be experienced. Um, but regardless, I, I was just so excited to to be a part of that. And it was cool to see you evolve through that process. You, you went from uh, having taught uh, breaking to becoming a coach, which is completely different. And I'm curious, in your mind, what changed and what evolved for you uh, to transition from teaching breaking to coaching breaking? Was there something that clicked for you there or, or something that really changed that you could pinpoint? Absolutely. Uh, it it all changed when I started to realize, oh, I have to coach these people differently. Each each breaker, I have to coach differently. It wasn't like a a template that I could just apply to their practice. I had to adjust, customize, and and um, delete things. And <laughs> it was just like, what did I get myself into? This is not what I expected, but. It was the challenge because now um, I was responsible for each athlete to make sure that they understood how to do certain things and how to how to execute, how to perform, how to battle, how to structure their rounds, and and to to realize okay, each of these breakers need their own individual customized program. So it took a lot of time, and and it it taught me that it can't all be the same. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So, yeah, ch challenge accepted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big one. And and now you've taken on a slightly different role. You're you're no longer assistant coach. You're you're a consultant for uh, Breaking for Gold USA and the the coaching team and potentially the athletes. Why did you transition away from the position of assistant coach? Because I want to do it all. I'm trying to do it all. And um, I can't be responsible for these athletes if I'm not going to give them 100. And I told them that. I said, look, I got other things I want to do that I need to do right now. So if you want to keep me on, I'll still be an advisor um, and I'll still be in touch. But I can't be hands on like I was last year. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's too many things that I feel like. I need to do right now. And this all happened when I realized uh, judging is not it. I got to stop this right now. And that's how I got into coaching. And then once I realized coaching was just part of this journey 
this new journey that I've been sitting on for years because I was comfortable judging. That judge's seat is comfortable. <laughs> and I didn't like being comfortable. So, you know, they gave me the blessing of, okay, okay, do what you want. Go, we got you. We'll take care of it. So that's why you see me doing the magazine. I'm, you know, still doing a break book, uh, producing music, DJing, um, doing it all. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you you are in a position right now where you want to continue to grow and you will grow when you get to express yourself creatively at the highest level and currently in coaching specifically coaching athletes to go to the olympics is not where that lives at this moment absolutely not i mean i like i said uh i can't give them a hundred i could still be on the sideline and be like nope you should have went left you should have jumped <laughs> but I feel like since I've been judging for so long, almost almost 25 years, I stopped myself from growing. So I'm still trying to figure out what else can I do with this scene? How else can I be of service? You know, and I can't I can't be locked down at the moment with anything. You know, so um, in this current moment, we just released the, the Breakbook magazine and, and uh, I feel great about it. I feel really proud about that. And. I feel like this is what the scene need. We need some type of magazine. I know Dance Delight from Japan has been putting their magazines out for years, you know, and uh, why? Why can't we have two magazines? Why not three? You know, so I just want to be an example to the scene. Like, look, we don't have to just be comfortable and be, be a judge. Put a magazine out. Put some posters out. Make a movie. Make some more clothes. Be a better chef. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, having those creative outlets, creating products, services that continue to push the breaking scene is is key. And it seems like that's something that you're you're trying to do with the break book. And uh, I mean, that leads us to like, what is the break book? How did it happen? How did it come together? What's what is it? What are you trying to do with it? What is the break book? The break book, well, basically is is the playbook, right, that we created and that you helped us organize. And um, thankfully, you let me run with it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just basically a guideline of foundation, technique, formula, structure, all of the above, everything about breaking, battling, competing. Um, and and the, the people that want to join, they, they all have their own program. You know, from what I learned to to uh, to coach the the breaking for gold athletes is basically what I'm applying to everybody else that wants to join, and not not as a that high of a level, but within their range. I mean, there's everyone everyone's still growing, and I'm still growing. I'm I'm learning other ways of um, creating formulas with people that join every day, and it's just it's it's still a challenge. Like I still don't have a grip of of how to be saucy with it i still have to like whoa wait a minute i, I gotta fall back that didn't work <laughs> mm, yeah so uh so yeah that's what the break book is basically a mentorship program mm -hmm. so the break book is a mentorship program but also uh produces like a magazine like you have right now yeah so the break book magazine is see the idea was i wanted to feature people in the break book program 
I wanted to show, give shine to what their process is like, what their development is like, and and tell their stories, and talk to, let the parents have some. Some of them are kids, and their parents are heavily involved. So uh, sometimes the parents they have great ideas, and and they don't have the platform or the audience that will listen to them. So why not give them that platform? And uh, it just turned into something else, like. Why not interview Scheme Richards? Why not interview Finesse? Why not interview Baby Girl? So it's just turning into something else that's out of my control. I'm just being in the moment, listening to the universe, and staying out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a way of, of curating um, an experience or something that people can consume that, one, sheds light on what you're doing with the break book, which is mentoring young and even not so not so young uh, breakers in and how to express themselves at the highest level within breaking, but at the same time, um, adding value to that by uh, sharing people who are prominent figures in the space uh, that are in different areas like Scheme Richards, DJ, and then you have Finesse, who now is uh, making music and uh, rapping. And I think even singing a little bit, yeah, <laughs> doing it all. We He's don't, we don't, all. we don't just break. <laughs> right. He, 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 he used to break with you uh, a lot when, um, uh, you guys were competing. And in fact, I, I, I got to work with him when, when we worked at Acrosports. that's how I, I met him. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, that's right. That's how, that's how we met. Uh, but it's, it's cool to see that, that coming together. And, and as you're working on curating these experiences on mentoring people and, and trying to create services and products that uh, push breaking to new levels, what is the biggest trend that you're currently seeing in breaking that maybe most people are missing? The biggest trend is everyone is they're, they're in that fast lane. They want the fast track because there's so many events. They all think, oh, I got to compete at the next one. Oh, the next one. Oh, next month, next week. Oh, this, this crew's doing it. It's like there's so many events. You don't have to compete at every event. Give yourself time to develop. I mean, breaking is, is only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's, there's no rush. So, that's what I try to tell everybody that joins the break book. They, they all have this, this thought, oh, because Wicked, B-Boy Wicked is coaching me, I'm going to learn quicker. I'm going to be better faster. And Which I tell true. them, ah, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> because come week three, week four, and they still ain't got that backspin of baby freeze, I'm like, see? Slow down. <laughs> so it's it's a game of patience. Everyone has to be patient, including myself. Mm-hmm. So and you're saying that you can't rush the physicality uh, of of breaking. So what is it that you? Because one of the things that mentors do is and coaches is that they can accelerate somebody's process and make sure that they are hitting the head on the nail every single time, every rep, every time they show up, uh, the way they think, the the way that they curate their lifestyles. What is it that you are accelerating and supercharging as a mentor and a coach, if it's not the physicality? Patience. Their patience, because once they see that, oh, it worked. And I wasn't going fast, and I had control. Then they understand. Okay, 
I got to trust Wicked on his patience. So every time I see some reviews on some clips, I'm like, wow, they're actually listening. They're slowing down. Look, you actually held the freeze for two seconds. <laughs> it's the patience, even for me. Because as a coach, I'm like, why can't you hold this freeze? Why can't you just put your left foot down? Put your right foot up. Put your hand down. Why can't you? I got to be patient, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's a combination of things. Um, for those listening who have no clue what a freeze is, what, what is a freeze? A freeze uh, is ba- basically the period to your sentence. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, 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 you complete a set and you finish in a pose that creates a shape and that freeze should be completely static it's a static pose right a freeze you should be frozen like a picture right and and you're you're asking your students to hold that pose correct yeah i'm asking my students to hold this pose because nowadays a lot of competitors will run through freezes and they'll do a freeze as a step or as a move and it's supposed to be a freeze And then they keep going after this freeze, and then they'll mess up and basically just waste the round. So I'm trying to tell everybody in the break book, look, once you freeze, that's it. That's it. Don't don't keep going. Don't don't tail off after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a freeze is basically, like you said, the period at the end of your sentence, but. Maybe it gets confused with, and, and this is me speaking completely naively now, maybe it gets confused with something like stacking freezes, right? Because you can do different elements that you can stack on top of each other. Right. Okay, so stacking is different. Okay, okay. Yeah, so explain All that. Right. Just Let's get All into right. it just for so, a little bit. And then I want to go back to the freeze because there's something I want to say about that that I, I'm, I'm curious about uh, your opinion. So, yeah, hit me with the stacking. Okay, so stacking is is... Okay, stacking is like hitting freezes, freeze for, or, or movement like without your feet touching the ground. You still have to just be on your hands, on your head, on, but your feet just can't touch the ground. And it's got to be on beat, and it's got to be a, a, a smooth transition to each stack. So it, it could be you could be on the ground holding a baby freeze. You could push up to your forearm, push up to your head, handstand, back to your head. I mean, it's different levels, but... Uh, see, to me, stacking was more like something you did at practice to challenge yourself, to challenge everybody at practice who had the control. How many stacks can you do? Uh, Monkey, Iron Monkey would always win at these stacks because he would cheat. <laughs> he would he would do like the first three and there'd be like seven stacks and he would miss a couple and be like, I did it. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> so he, everyone would always give up against him because he would cheat. I can say that because we're friends. We're we're, we're good buddies. Um, But uh, so, yeah. Yeah, stacking is I don't don't really I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that it has been done during competition, like in competition, but I I, I just remember that as being something at practice. Mm -hmm. I I feel like rocks, right? Sometimes uh, there was a period of time where it was more like it, but he would do things that looked like stacking within his sets. True. Okay. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, he's a crew crewmate of yours, and, and he's one of the best breakers uh, to have ever lived. I totally forgot. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, stacking stacking is a, a combination of poses that you do that uh, have like uh, small freezes within them to mark positions, but you do that in a way of expressing dance. A freeze is what you mark at as an endpoint of uh, your sentence or your set, and that is something that just kind of like says, "I'm I've completed the 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 thing that I'm doing," and having a strong finish is what you're kind of remembered by. And what I wanted to get back to was that I guess a lot of times when you uh, hit a freeze, there's something about stopping that makes maybe you uh, be more seen. And when you're fully seen, that can get a little scary and a little uncomfortable. And I'm wondering if that's also part of uh, what uh, makes people rush through uh that moment, that accent. Well, I honestly, I mean, the, the the most correct way to hit this freeze is on the accent of a of a song. If the horn hits on the freeze and you stick that freeze, I mean, that's incredible. That shows uh, body control. You can stop on a dime, bang, and with musicality. Um. I think what's going on today is the music can be so damn fast. You know, people just want to hit this freeze and then and then go into something else. Because in their mind, when they're when they're competing, your mind is going like this. You know, so I don't know. I mean, I I just try to tell people, look, you hit this freeze, that's it. <laughs> you keep you keep going, you're at risk of messing up messing up this whole round. Yeah, that's something that I've seen a lot. I've seen somebody do this amazing set. They hit a freeze, and you're like, yes, now just walk away. And then they keep going. And then that little uh, finish of their set kind of takes away everything that they just did that was epic. Yeah. I mean, it's like as a judge, when I would see these things, it's like the competitor would do an amazing, amazing first 15 seconds getting their point across who are they what are you trying to do oh you are here to battle you are here to win and you hit this freeze oh why you keep why are you keep what are you doing why are you going back down why going back into power why going back into footwork and then you've you've totally just messed up this whole round by messing up Mm -hmm. and not and not uh ending properly or not executing it's like what are you doing yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things uh, without even like having to talk about uh, breaking specifically now, just in general, I think is uh, when when you're able to express yourself with less. A lot of times what you're saying is more. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And I mean, now we're, if we get super technical with this, which may bore people who are listening that know nothing about breaking, is that I spent a lot of time uh, analyzing footage when I was working um uh, closely with you guys and the and the and the athletes and um i i calculated that the average round lasts approximately uh 28.5 seconds okay so that's Man, like the, the average f- round of a break mm-hmm, last that long <laughs> and uh there are very few out there that can go longer than 30 seconds and seem to like climb up to the top and there are very few that uh, can do less than 28 seconds, 30 seconds, uh, and climb to the top. And 
it, it just kind of confirmed to me that being concise yet complete is the name of the game. And that is a very hard thing to do. And that's one of the reasons that it's not just like you're going to learn this really hard move, but learning how to put together a sentence or put together a set that is impactful uh, takes a long time, especially if, the, if you have to do 26 rounds in a day or whatever uh, with these new competition formats. That takes years. Exactly. I mean, you do more than 30 seconds. You do more than 25 seconds. You do more than 20 seconds. You are at risk of um, the rest of your your day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, it's a long day. When you're competing in, these, in t- today's competitions, it's a long day. Mm-hmm. You may be battling... Uh, you may do one battle within three hours, <laughs> and then the rest of the time you're waiting. It's ridiculous, you know. So people think that they have to go so long just just to make sure. I don't know what it is. It, it never used to be this way. It was just you did your thing. You got in there. You told your story. You you ended. You executed with a bang, and that was it. Now it's like. You tell your story, I'm gonna tell another one. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell three stories just to get my point across. And that was only round one. Right, right. Yeah, so you you're talking about how um a lot of people are trying to fit in more uh because it feels like they have limited time on the floor, but at the same time the days are so long and one of the reasons is because they're including so many different categories. You have the youth, the teens, <laughs> the and then you have the adults and then you have uh men, women. Uh there's a lot going on in these competitions and they're trying to and I understand why to be as inclusive as possible, but it uh it makes it for a very challenging experience uh for for the athletes and for the breakers yeah it's an interesting thing but changing topics um right now in your role uh from uh, djing to hosting to uh developing the break book what is the biggest challenge that you're facing and how are you working through it holy what is the biggest challenge (laughs) the biggest challenge is um wanting to do everything like today i may want to start playing baseball today i may want to start a baseball team it's just like you know ever since i realized that um i'm free from judging and i don't have to uh rely on that it's just I keep thinking, what else can I do? Oh, I could do this. I could, and it's just, I lose sleep. I lose. I'm like, where did the day go? And you know, whether I'm researching or editing, uh, filming, whatever it is, I'm just like, I gotta slow down. So whatever I'm telling everybody in the break book, I gotta apply to myself with what I'm doing because I'm trying to do it all mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm yeah. having, and I'm having fun doing it, but it's like, it's not smart. You know, it's not smart. Right. Because you're, you're kind of spreading yourself thin and then your body of work, although it has a lot of uh, versatility, like you have a lot of variety, a lot of things happening. The depth maybe is, uh, maybe it's a little shallow. Um, 
but but maybe not maybe there's something there that is is unique that if you if you look at the variety of things that you're doing when you put it in like a vertical it's very deep like you, <laughs> you can go very deep and i'm wondering what what is the cross section there like what's the thing that is common to every single project that you start and you work on and maybe a better way to of, of thinking about it is like, what are you trying to get good at? Like, what is it tr you're trying to master right now, um, regardless of how you're expressing yourself? Wow. I'm, I'm just trying to do better than I did yesterday. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, if, if, if I wrote a song yesterday, if I made a beat, if I went online and went on IG live and did some interviews, if, uh, if 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 I went to sleep at 9 p.m., I got to do better the next day. I got to do better than that. Maybe I'll do some dishes the next day. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's just the constant challenge of of learning. I think I'm um I don't know how to I don't know how to be patient with that. It's mm -hmm. like I want to keep learning how to how to get better every day. And I got to tell myself, like, look, I don't have to keep pushing like this every day, every day and 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 be patient with getting better. So um, and with doing the magazine, um, it's a 15 page magazine, you know, I put that together by myself, <laughs> mm -hmm. like. Yeah, you wrote it, you laid it out, you designed it. Um, you know, I, I did ask for bios and stuff like that, and there, there is an ad in there that um, break clothing um, design, but to to produce that magazine was, I look at it now, I'm like, yo, I need to slow down. It's great for what it is. It could be way better, but it's just, uh, I wanted, I, I, I knew that the outcome wasn't going to be solid like 100 because it's the first one and i just felt like i needed to get it out i need to see what this is about is is everybody really feeling feeling this like they say they are and when i released it i was like yo okay this is there's potential but now i just need to be patient just like everybody else um and the thing is is i have the tools to do these things now just because I had the tools, I got to give respect to the tools and, and respect to whatever thing I'm trying to accomplish. If it's a magazine, if it, if it's a, a competitor, if it's a music video, if it's a song, there has to be quality and there has to be a a, a, a clear understanding of what were you trying to do <laughs> and not just yeah. like rush into things and so that's 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 my chat my my thing is just like i need to be patient as well yeah is that a tr is that a trend because this is something that i've experienced a lot in the past and i i do less now for for many reasons but uh do you shoot from the hip and then all of a sudden you're doing it and you're like oh shit what did i get myself into all day every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, oh, let me start a magazine. And then, bam, you start a magazine. You're like, oh, damn, now I'm editing, writing, uh, designing. Now I have to sell this thing and promote it. That's what drives me, though, is the mm -hmm. challenge. Is the yeah. challenge because I was always told no. 
No, you can't play basketball. You, you're never going to be in the NBA. No, you can't do this move. No, you're too short. No, you can't do that. No, your beats is doo-doo. So it's, uh, it's the, it's, that's the drive. You know, that's my passion is, 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 is the battle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 from what I know, you, you like to experience challenges that allow you to express your creativity in a unique way. And by learning tools, like, uh, learning to work with tools, like maybe, uh, the, the program that you use to design the magazine is, is something that is, is, uh, exciting to you. And then when you can integrate things that you've done in the past, like interviewing, podcasting, uh, DJing, whatever, and mix it in. Like, for example, the interviews that you, you have that are not only in written form, but also in spoken form and video format, uh, it all comes together. And I, and I think the, uh, that, that's just my perspective is that when you get to weave all that together, there's something about your inner being that just lights up. Is that, is, is that true? Dude, so true. And, and the way you explain that just gave me the chills because when I started doing these interviews, um, I basically like, like the interview with Mel and with Bobby, I wanted to get there feedback on a lot of things i just asked them questions and i was just gonna write it down and 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 put it into the book into the magazine and it turned into something else like i said to myself dude you see what you got yourself into because <laughs> not only did it turn into a a video like podcast type thing i wasn't that's not what i was shooting for i just wanted to put this in a magazine so once I realized that digital, you could open up different options. Like you could tap on an image and a, a video will pop up. My mind just went boom. I'm like, oh my goodness. I could I could put hidden hidden links in here to exclusive music or to some uh an exclusive party or some merch or whatever it is. So it just opened up a whole can of worms and <laughs> and I wasn't ready for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to do uh, basically for the next one, um, it'll what you see in the, the interview, the type um, will be basically like a trailer to the actual video. And uh, I, I just have to find out or, or figure out how to maximize and make it um, with quality instead of trying to be like all these competitors today and stack everything in one round. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, I mean, uh, I'm a fool, so don't listen to me, but uh, one of the challenges with something like this is you working on a project because you simply want to have a creative outlet versus you working on a project uh, as a creative outlet, but with the intention of bringing it to market, which is now selling it. So if people are going to pay seven bucks for this issue, like, how do you bring it to market in a way where people actually want to buy it? Uh, that, and that's a completely different conversation. And I think this is where trying to figure out what is it that the breaking scene uh, wants and what is it that they need and bringing that together in a product that they didn't even know that they could have is, is um, yeah, that's the challenge is finding that. And that, that requires... Uh, a lot of forethought, and it also requires to uh, want to um, 
to start to kind of like warm up the audience and and to do research um, in different ways. But I feel like you have your finger on the pulse when it comes to the breaking scene. And I'm just curious, like, what is it do you think the breaking scene right now needs uh, more than ever? Guidance. Guidance, any guidance on uh, um, how to practice, how to make sure the foundation is tight before they try to learn anything else. Um, they need a platform. They need a platform to be seen, to be heard, because there's, there's a ton of talent out there in this scene that people don't know about, and I want to try to be that link. I want to try to be that platform for them to shine on. Uh, I want to have a category or a page in there specifically for people that make beats. It can't just be flag, lean rock, scheme. It can't, they got to be more. And, and if they're not good enough, well... Somebody got to teach them. They got to learn from somebody, you know. So, um, I'm a I'm all about trying to grow this scene. This is why I risk everything with judging and 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 stopping myself from saying yes. This this is the reason, you know. This is the reason I want to give people this platform. Like like I said, this this is yeah. I put this breakbook magazine out, but this is for us. You know, Scheme's gonna have his own page. Bobby's gonna have his own page. The parents got their own section. <laughs> so this is uh, I want people to see what what this magazine is right now. The issue number one because it's fifteen pages. I did it all myself. It's it's not the best. I mean, it may look like a clutter, but hey, this is this is where we started from. And I don't plan on doing just one or two or three. I plan on doing this every month. So see the growth, see the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the same way that uh, people in the scene right now, from your perspective, need guidance, what is it that you need? The same. I need, I need all the guidance. I need patience too. Um, I need to learn how to structure my day structure my week because i'm trying to do everything now that i have time and and i'm not um looking after the athletes at breaking for goal usa i'm trying to figure out what what am i here for right now and and i feel like right now i'm i'm just i'm throwing shots up i'm throwing shots up and, and trying to see what sticks Mm -hmm. But there's cer there's certain things that you like to do, like you like emceeing, and I think you you do like DJing once in a while. I mean, I like doing it all. I I, I like going to the gym and playing basketball. I mean, I haven't done that because I'm in here trying to figure everything else out. I, I've been wanting to get on the turntables and put a mix out. I uh, I I just got this new uh, MIDI keyboard because I've been wanting to make beats. But I, I'm just like, okay, where do I start today? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hear you. Yeah, I, I, I've been in a similar position, actually, where, you know, when I transitioned out of just coaching people on, like, physical movement in CrossFit and realized that where I thrive is in talking about the, the inner game, the inner workings of the mind and the emotions, and how by accessing those, 
you can access the keys and the concepts that you need to express yourself at a higher level. Um, I had to also go through that transition. I'm currently in it where I've had to, uh, yeah, shoot in the dark in many different directions to see where things stick. And um, there are certain things that have worked, but it's only been temporarily. Uh, and there are certain things that haven't worked, but I have a, a hunch that they could work. And one of those is kind of like this podcast. And um, although I don't know if it's going to be successful because, um, well, we could define success, but I don't know if it's going to blow up necessarily. And I don't know exactly what direction it's going in. My, my sense is that it's, it's going to work, even though uh, the internet is flooded with podcasts and everybody and their mom has one. I think the uniqueness of... Um, my voice and the interactions that I have with people is that which is going to set it apart. And I believe that to be true for you is that there's a uniqueness about who you are and every single person out there has a uniqueness that when you can find uh, any medium to express that you become original. And when you become original, you immediately stand out from all that, which is generic, which is most of the stuff that we're currently consuming or most of the stuff that we are engaging with. And I, I see this in, in breaking there. There's a lot of breakers out there. There's probably millions, I would say, of breakers, but there are only a few who stand out. And those who truly stand out, that little pocket of uh, superstars, uh, regardless of them being, you know, uh, Red Bull BC One All Stars or, or you know, just legends uh, of the scene. Um, what I see is that they all have chosen their own way, their own style, and that's what I am just very curious to explore and i think what you're doing right now is is exactly that and um th this whole thing leads me to asking you is there anything that you believe in or or feel is very true within breaking or outside of breaking that other people strongly disagree with you on whoa disagree with me on mm -hmm. what is something that people like push back when you say it or what is it that you haven't said that if you said you believe people could potentially push back on? Uh, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, when I say that the Renegade Rockers beat style elements at Radio Tonda, hey. <laughs> but aside from that, um, you know what? I, I honestly don't even know. And I, mm -hmm. and I don't care. What, what I do is I just line myself up with people with the same energy I got. That's it. Mm -hmm. The the rest doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm wearing a Warriors jersey right now. A lot of people hate the Warriors. I'm wearing this B-Boy Wicked cap right now. A lot of people don't like me because I judge against them all the time. Give a fuck. <laughs> with love. With love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 of course. No, it's like... You 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 want to do you regardless of what people's opinions are about you. And I, I guess what I'm trying to explore is like, is there anything in your mind that you see that others seem to be challenged in seeing? Man, that's a great question, CP. Can you please rephrase that? Yeah, so... <laughs> So, yeah, so, <laughs> can you put that in a sentence? Can you put that in a uh, sentence. <laughs> um, yeah, what I, what I mean is like, 
what is it that you you maybe see out there that just people continue to do or say that from your vantage point is just not true? Like what not is something true. that people are just confused about in your opinion? Oh, well, I'll tell you one thing. Hopefully this makes sense. There are people in my program, in the Breakbook program. A lot of them, they, they have moves that go the opposite direction. And they think that they can win. They think they can win with their way of breaking. They think they can advance, get past the prelims, and, and do all the big events. And when they hear me say, well, look, you got to get this move to connect to this move in the same direction. You got to. And they just they just don't get that. They don't believe it. Well, we don't have time. We don't have the, the event is next month. I don't give a fuck. You, what, am, what are you paying me for? Do you want me to coach you or not? What am I here for? You know, I'm basically we're wasting our time then. So it's just like, for example, if I say, okay, for your assignment today, when you go to practice, I want to see windmill flare 90. Oh, my 90 goes the other direction. Well, work on that 90 then. Make it go the right direction. Otherwise, you got a hole in your strategy. Otherwise, I'm no good for you. And I feel like that's a constant battle with several people in the Breakbook program right now to get them to to settle down. Okay, if you don't have these moves the same direction, maybe you shouldn't be competing next month. Simple as that. Yeah, and, and for people who are listening who have no clue what you're talking about, let's say you had three elements and these elements were uh, moving in a certain direction, rotating to your right or clockwise. As you go from one to another, if one of those moves you have uh, practice in isolation separated from that sequence and done it in the opposite direction, it means that when you plug it in, you can't connect it into those those three movements. So it can't become a sequence, right? So uh, what you're saying is just because you practice these moves in isolation and now you can't fit it in doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to do it. Thus, go practice that movement that doesn't fit into the sequence that you need to be able to advance yourself in in this like competition in isolation so that you can be better, right? Is that is that is that what you're saying? Hell motherfucker, yeah. Oh shit. That was that was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> okay, so, so um that that's what you said. So the the other thing that I'm hearing is and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that people don't want to change the way that they've been doing things because they feel like if they have to go backwards, regression uh, they're not going to make it forward. It feels like they're they're actually regressing in their in their practice. They're they're becoming worse. Well, yes, because it because it takes time. If you've been doing something for so long, you've been going right for so long, and now I'm here to tell you to go left. It takes time. I mean, you, you're so used to this this angle to holding your body this way, upside down, spinning this. Oh, you got to spin the other way now and use this side. Well, hey, how bad do you want to win? Mm -hmm. What you want me to tell you? Okay, yeah, you know what? Just, all right, we'll figure it out now. Uh-uh, we got standards. Mm -hmm. Get your ass going the other way. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, I hear you. And I think this is where, like, if we could bring this to a higher level, a common theme for everybody listening that uh, are in breaking or out of breaking is that when you learn that regression is progression, that's when the magic happens. Yeah. Well, say that again? Hold on. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. Write that down, Wicked. Uh, yeah, regression is progression, meaning going, mastering the basics, going back to the basics, developing the foundation is what is going to get you to a higher level because it's the, it's the base of your pyramid. Thus, the, the bigger your base, the higher you can build a pyramid. But at the same time, uh, a foundation uh, can evolve and breaking is evolving. And I think the breaking that we're seeing today, and once again, I'm not a break dancer. I don't know Jack about this, but I, I simply see it from my vantage point as somebody who has studied uh, movement for a long time and, and physical expression. I see that the foundation has evolved in, in breaking and that uh, a certain way of expressing the foundation, like in a technical uh, manner, uh, it has slightly changed. And... Um, the evolution of that foundation is is something that I think we're currently witnessing right now, and there's almost like a passing of the torch. And I know this sounds very convoluted and very crazy, but uh, do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? How do you feel about that? I think uh, I see what you mean, but there's only one foundation to me, one one level of foundation. I, I mean, the, the moves are becoming... Uh, very difficult these days right i mean the power moves are crazy now um so i could see where you're coming from there's th there's levels of it but uh you still got to start from the ground up mm -hmm. um a lot of these guys cannot even do a backspin but they can fly air flares one-handed air flares they do all kinds of crazy air moves but they can't do a backspin what if you knew how to do this backspin? What if you knew how to do this backspin? What if that control can apply to other moves? You could be that much better. You could understand your body that much better. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's, you got to start with A. Yeah. And uh, this is just to challenge you for fun, but do you have evidence that proves that that foundation that you are trying to encourage people to follow actually does translate to the higher level performance hell yeah okay and and where where have you seen that and uh is there anybody in particular anything that you've done or or instilled in others and, and worked with others that have kind of shown that yeah the, the guys here in, in in austin savage mm -hmm. um took them a really long time to understand my my thought process and practice and what i was trying to get them to do and once they started to understand that they weren't shit, because I taught, like, y'all ain't shit. You know what? If I ain't shit, y'all ain't shit. And meaning, look, you may have these certain moves right now, but if you can't do a backspin to baby freeze, the most simplest combination, what makes you think you can learn anything else above what you got right now? And, and they were always losing. Uh, they were just looking for that that next event to compete at shooting in the dark and once i started to tell them look y'all gotta slow down y'all gotta learn these basics we gotta get these basics get this form right y'all y'all gotta get this uh get off your flat hands and you know, everything about detail and foundation so once they started to realize like oh 
I have control now. Oh, I could do a backspin to baby. Everything else in their library started to change. Their control started to change. Their form started to turn into something better. Uh, uh, they became lighter. Um, they didn't have they didn't have to use that much muscle in their in their combinations because their form was correct, or they knew how to transition out of something. And once I realized, oh, Dre got it. Then Wayne got it. Then J-Rock started to get it. Now everybody's starting to get it. And they realize, man, we, we've been doing it wrong all along. And, and, you know, a lot of it is, is, is trust. You know, you got to be around these people. You got to be coaching them. You got to be on them. It's just you can't just tell them one thing and, and leave them alone. You got to be there every day checking on them. Mm-hmm. So um, with, with, with – and like I said, they, they never – I don't know if I said this already, but they never got past the prelims out here. They had kids passing them up, meaning they, you know, if they go to a breaking event for the people that don't understand what the prelim. So they, there's breaking events. You have to go through a prelim uh, um, round to get to the next to top 16 or top 32, whatever, and, and, and they would never get past the prelims. So last year I made it a point, look, I'm going to coach you guys and I'm going to show you what you guys need to do with these basics, and y'all going to see you're going to get past the prelims at B-Boy City. So we trained for five, six months. I made them all get a whiteboard, and I made them write it down during our training. Savage is getting past the prelims at B-Boy City. And uh, so B-Boy City comes up after months and months and months of practice, I mean, we we wouldn't get home till like one in the morning on a weekday. These guys have work, you know. So, uh, B Boy City comes up the first day. There's two days. It's a two day event. First day was the prelims. I said, "All right, y'all, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm not even going to the first day. That's how much I believe in y'all, and that is already done. Y'all got past the prelims. I'm not even going." And they're like, oh, for real? You, you, come on, me. <laughs> like, nah, I'm not even going. I'll see y'all tomorrow at top 16. Uh, long story short, I ended up going. I, I, I had to go. <laughs> I had to go. So I was on stage with them during their battle, being their coach, being their support, yelling at them, you know, just making sure that they, they knew that I was there on stage with them. And they did great. They did. Actually, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm, I lied. A lot. I was at the club. I went to the club. It, the first day was at the club, and I didn't tell nobody I was pulling up. So I got there with Ronnie. We were stuck outside. We were stuck outside because it, it was at capacity. And uh, I told Zach from Breaking for Go, I said, hey, man, tell Omar, whoever, just tell him to co- come out here and tell him to get me. I need to come in right now. I'm outside. They won't let me in. So Zach made a call. Omar came running out. Wicked, where you at? Pulled us in, and right when we got in, Savage was, I think they had just finished. And so I didn't really get to see them. But I was like, you know what, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Went home that night, and uh, they didn't announce who made it past the prelims until the next morning. And um, I forget who called me. Um, I think it was, I think I was texting with Omar or something like that. And he was telling me um, who made it past the prelims. I said, yo, 
Did Savage make it? Uh, let me see. Uh, yep, Savage made it. I said, fuck you. Bitches, motherfuckers. I told y'all. So I got off the phone with him. And I said, don't tell him. Let me, let me break it to him. I got them all on the phone on FaceTime, like 8 in the morning before they post. I said, don't post it yet. Don't post it. Let me tell them first. 8 in the morning. I said, hey, I need, I need an emergency face, FaceTime call right now with all of y'all. Guess what? Y'all motherfuckers made it. I fucking told y'all. Told y'all. Fucking Baxman baby freeze, bitches. <laughs> So from then on, it was just proof that that the practice you put in and that belief and that support and making sure that everybody's aligned with that same energy, that same goal, that's it, man. You let your practice show up, and that practice showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically the foundation does carry over, which I agree on. And maybe uh, when you're working with people at a higher level or at a level that where they've been, they're already established within the the scene, and they have their style. That there could be a part of uh, the um, coaching challenge that is um, that is separating the foundation from a personal style. And my question is, how do you how do you help people who are um, very advanced in their uh, breaking career and in their craft? to uh, pursue foundation without it feeling like it's taking away from the way that they break? That's a great question because remotely, you know, being in person is you're hands-on, but remotely it's like everything is out of your control. You can only do so much remotely. So instead of sidetracking their whole approach, the competitor's approach to to the next event, you just have to be there and, 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 you know, tell them, okay, can I make a suggestion? <laughs> Instead of telling them, hey, do a chair freeze and not knowing why, because I, I learned that from, you know, from this whole experience. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just to make suggestions and, and to give them ideas. Maybe you should add this here, try this here. Maybe you should maybe you should stack right here. Maybe you should do a halo right here. Maybe you should dance a little bit more. Um Maybe take your time. You know, there's, there's so many things that you can apply to, to the competitor's program, but it's just really, um, you're really there to just give them ideas. Mm-hmm. Which is very hard to do because being a creative partner when you're working with creatives uh, is very challenging. That means that both parties need to be fully open to that creative process, and there needs to be trust that's developed. And I'm wondering, how have you found um, yourself developing trust with the people that you work with? I look at it like, here's an example. If I'm making a beat, right, if I'm making a beat and I get stuck, I'm like, ah, this, 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 nothing is just sounding funky. The, the way I hear it in my head is not coming out and I'm just getting really discouraged. What I'll do is I'll go to a sample pack. I'll go to a sample pack, and what sample packs are is these producers will put out, they'll release sounds every month of their own sounds that they create or they find records and they sample and they, they tweak it and, you know, they call them sample packs. They could be kicks, it could be guitars, basses, voice, anything. 
So I look at it like, well, this is kind of like if the athlete is stuck and they're not feeling great at practice, they're going to go to the sample pack, which is the coaches. So I looked at it that way instead of being the sample pack trying to work backwards and and telling the artist what to do. You know, so that that's that's the the way that I applied my relationship with everyone that signs up and it's working. Yeah. Yeah, trust is a a challenging thing to develop at times, but I think it's it's pretty simple when you are able to exhibit uh, competence in your craft, meaning that you have a a proven track record. And I think one of the challenges uh, the coaches were facing uh, with Breaking for Gold is that although they had been teachers for a long time, they do have expertise in the field, is that... uh, there is maybe not enough evidence or a body of work that is like directly linked to them as, as coaches, like the, the, they've been performers, they've been breakers, they've been competitors, they've done amazing things, but the track record as coaches uh, maybe is like shorter. Uh, and, and that uh, could be potentially something that um, people struggle to adhere to when it comes to seeing the competence. But, uh, competence uh, is, and I'm just bringing that up because I know that for a while there was a little bit of a challenge to get the, the highest level performers to all of a sudden be like, hey, you've been breaking for 15 years on your own. Now you're going to have coaches. They're like, oh, what? That What is this? Um, but I think, uh, and, and, and one of the, the challenges was that it's kind of like, yeah, well, where's your track record as a coach? Why should I even trust you? I, I trust you as a performer. I trust you as a breaker. I, 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 I admire you. I respect you. But all of a sudden, you're going to tell me what to do. That's that's like a hey, back off. Right. But what I'm trying to get to is that uh, I believe that competence sometimes is not only having a track record, but being able to demonstrate your ability to adapt to a situation and to be willing to um, to learn and uh, show that you can uh, improve your skill set rapidly in a way that aligns with the people that you're collaborating with and what I've admired you for this this year especially is is your ability to adapt to a new role that you haven't really taken on before. And I think that's something that is um, trustworthy. And um, I don't know if that resonates with you, anything that I said, or if it feels like... Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Um, that. That really means a lot coming from you because uh, I'm definitely being more bold and brave. Uh, hosting Red Bull BC1 world final with uh with my verse I mean this is totally out of my comfort zone I was not expecting that at all I think it all started from there too once I felt like oh shit I just hosted the world final this wasn't no prelim event it was the world final so once I did after I did that um right after the event I went to the dressing room and I sat there for like 30 minutes. Every I could hear people screaming my, my name, looking for me because I had to take photos, I had to do interviews, but I was just sitting there like, oh shit, I did it. What now? What else can I do? Then I started to get bold. That's where I started. <laughs> that's where, that's when, when I realized, oh shit, 
if I could do this in New York City, let's play ball. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I'm doing all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And I and I think as you continue to create, you'll continue to attract, which is exciting. And uh, something that I was uh, just thinking about right now is is some just like vanity metrics when it comes to your growth, meaning uh, things that may seem superficial. But for example, in the last four months or three and a half months, you have gone from 40,000 followers on Instagram to 110,000 <laughs> followers on Instagram. Uh, one, how, how did that happen? Two, do you even care? And three, is it making an impact on you in a positive way? Well, it's it all started when I spelled my name wrong, or or, or, or I spelled coach wrong. <laughs> I spelled coach wrong, and and I I know how to spell, man. But I got this t- the phone I got. Look, it's 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 the thirteen, you know. So I miscalculated how big my thumbs were. <laughs> and what sucks is. Um, if you have a verified account, you can't change. You could only change your name once within thirty days. So I was like, "Fuck!" So for thirty days, I have people blowing up my DMs. Wicked, you spelled your name wrong. Wicked, you spelled this. You spelled coach wrong. And I'm just like, ah. and it just kept my DMs were like stacked, at eighty a day, something like that. Even even people were tagging me on store. So. That just started to steamroll. And then also uh, hashtagging um, B-Boy Wicked from You Got Serve, you know, because realizing that that movie inspired a whole entire dance scene, just like how Beat Street inspired me, uh, you know, just changing that. It just, yeah, I mean, that's where it started. And then um, doing BC1, uh, hosting that uh, even leading up to that you know because i started to uh i hosted at in canada the 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 finals in canada so that's that's where it really started to snowball mm. so a mistake a mistake led you to the beginning of a snowball yeah and it just became like, man, I can't even. I was responding to people like, I know, I gotta wait till I change it, and it just got old. I, you know, I stopped responding, and and because of that, more messages came. Is because I guess they felt like, oh, he he didn't see the message, or oh, he's not trying to respond. Oh, you know, so it, it's funny sometimes. Yeah, that's interesting, and um. Has has that positively impacted you to have more followers? Because I know a lot of people out there are trying to gain followers. Honestly, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. You get more attention because um, people will want to collaborate with you. But a lot of the times, it's like you're not in my lane. We're not in the same world. We, it, it wouldn't even make sense. They just see the numbers. And, you know, so you, you'll get a lot of um, a lot of opportunities that won't work for you. Mm. And uh, once I started to realize, oh, look, this is this is not going to work or this doesn't even make sense. Um, it just became a distraction. 
because mm. it made me want to do some research about certain people or certain companies and should we do an influ- influencer collaboration? Is this a waste of time? Is this, this doesn't even make, it doesn't make sense. If I feel like it don't make sense, I'm not even going to waste no energy on it. Right. But sometimes it does work out in your way. And uh, when it does, then it's great. Yeah, of course. But there's a lot of distraction. Right. You cast a bigger net, and within that bigger net, you're probably going to catch something that is good. But the question is, how do you filter that out? And my 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 follow-up question to that is, how how do you choose who you want to work with? What are the things that people have to bring to the table to make you excited to want to work with them? I just do some research on them. You know, uh, if I see any posts or uh videos with with them talking or whatever content they're putting out and I feel if I feel that energy is the same as mine then yeah okay let's let's try let's see hmm and 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 does it have anything to do with the product that you may be endorsing or the service is there anything there that you're thinking I want this to align with what I'm doing and supercharge me and if so, like the supercharging, what is it that you wanted to supercharge? Is it more reach? Is it uh, being able to learn a new skill? Is it, what is it? it go both ways. I mean, it definitely has to stay within the scene and how we can grow the scene through using my platform. Um, what can you teach me? How can I help you? It really depends on each uh, opportunity. and And it really comes down to um how can we help each other and and make sure that this is for the right purpose and we're not wasting time here mm-hmm. are there anybody in the scene are there any people or any brands in the scene that you currently in the breaking scene specifically that you admire look up to and and are modeling after at this moment yeah i mean uh, i've tried you know I, I know how hard it is to to create merch and to and to push that and to make some uh some fashion and and you know yeah who's a- doing it who's doing it well um i would say a fatty universal breaking clothing uh break clothing um uh little rock has uh respected i mean it, it's just everyone that has a brand out there they inspire me and it just shows me like look i could i could potentially do this too but maybe not today <laughs> So anyone that's pushing their their gear out there, or even events, even events to put to produce an event, uh, you you and I both know down the dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah, did we did two, an event we, together. We did two of them, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm just inspired by everybody that's doing work. You know, that's why I like to feature whoever is doing work. Scheme Richards, Baby Girl with B Girl City, the parents. Um, you know, whoever's joining the pro, everyone's still doing work, you know, and and it's not just the clothing that um, that it's, it's I'm just inspired by the same energy. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anybody outside of the breaking scene that you would like to collaborate with? Rob Deerdeck. Yeah, so for example, with Rob Deerdick, you would have to be part of uh, the Deerdick Machine, which is basically a venture capital group that helps you spin things up. They, I think, they come in as like uh, operators uh, for a little bit and until launch. Um, if if the Breakbook were to collaborate with like the Deerdick Machine, 
what is it that you feel you would have to do right now to get to a point where um, a company like that, uh, a person like that uh, would be willing to see you? I honestly don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I'm I, I'm still learning, even though that people are signing up for the break book, the break book magazine. I, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun learning and the journey is I take it one day at a time. And once I figure it out, then I'm pretty sure I'll give you a call. And Hey, what does this sound like? You think this is how this works? You, you already know how it works, but I, I know some, but I, 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 I have not been able to arrive at that point in my, in my development or in any, any business that I've created where I've been able to get a, uh, a bigger name and a bigger company to really want to um, uh, help me spin up. And although I live in, you know, Silicon Valley, and this is the the land of, uh, or at least the 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 original land of startups, uh, I think it's moved to to Austin, Texas, where you are right now. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of out of the loop in that in that way. But I the reason I asked you this question is because I know a lot of people listening out there are seeking to. Uh, grow and they want to plug into organizations, brands, other people to spin up and uh, to grow faster, but um, they don't know how to do that. And I think that's that's one of the points that we're we're kind of getting to when it comes to mentorship is that you have to seek out uh, people who can guide you in shaping that which you're creating in a way that it can plug in and be plugged into, uh, so that you can create things. Furthermore, and this is something that I've, I've learned over the last decade, and it's really kind of landed for me, is that desirability is, is actually the most important aspect of growing something. Something can be feasible, meaning it's possible to do, it's viable, it's something that you, it's sustainable financially, there are resources, you can grow it. But the question is, is it really desirable? Meaning, is this something that you really want to do? And a lot of times, the answer is no. Just because you see it out there and you think it looks cool, you think it feels cool from afar, once you're in it, it's completely different. And I think basing our growth on true desirability, on the things that we really want to do, is key to be able to uh, achieve new levels. And the, the, the theme that I've kind of heard in our conversation today has been that it's like, you want to live in the fire, in the in the position or space where you can be creative and you can explore who you are in the process while developing new skills. And those skills allowing you to uh, produce things, create things that positively impact your community, your scene, and that uh, you knowing that it will come back to support you in some way, whether it's financially, new opportunities. Uh, get access to new platforms, be able to refine your skills, refine the way that you communicate and just continue to live. And that uh, living being one that is in a constant state of evolution or adaptation and that being the, the, the ultimate goal. You're like you're the you're the infinite student, uh, yet express yourself as a master. Whoa. Yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> Whoa, dude, that was Fucking, you know, I was sitting uh, uh, in the backyard with Ronnie, and we have a, a pit, a fire pit. I'm sitting there just looking at this fire, and I realized, damn, it's about to go out. All of a sudden, this one strand goes into 
something and poof, it stays lit. I can't believe I just said that. Um, so it made me realize that's what I am. I'm like this fire, and no matter where it goes, it's gonna stay. Um, it's gonna stay burning. And and that's 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 what I like to see myself as is like I'm gonna stay burning um, throughout these challenges and it's gonna lead to somewhere and eventually you know the the purpose is for me is to is to just keep exploring opportunities to grow our scene through my experience even with me learning that's why I don't care if people see this magazine and and it's the first one and it's like <laughs> what is this. It's the first one. It'll lead into something. You know, let me get my foot in the door. Let me let me do step one. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why, uh, you know, when you ask me that question, what do I need to do with the break book to, to be looked at? Or I want to figure it out. You know, because I think it's fun. I think that's that's where my passion is. I, I want to learn these things. I want to learn the foundation. And, and learning through this experience is... is uh, what I've been preaching is I got to be patient too. Um, mm-hmm. I can't always ask for the answers because that doesn't necessarily give me the joy of learning or going through the journey. You know, I want to, um, I need to go through it as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think what you just said is super powerful because a lot of times we we look up to people or we look to people who we believe have the solutions or have figured it out. But in reality, they're in the same position that we're in, just at a different level. And I, I believe when you get to hear people speaking and thinking from that place, it's equally as inspiring and as insightful as somebody who has already been through it. Mm. Whoa, man, you just dropping bars all day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'm, I may be just speaking out of my ass, but I, I, I do think that that is true. And it's something that I, I have really been leaning into. It's kind of like right now, one of the things that I'm dealing with is I, I'm taking on this role as a coach that I've been for a long time, but uh, now more dedicated to uh, lifestyle and performance when it comes to expressing yourself at the highest level, whether it's in your career or in your relationships or in the way that you communicate, whatever it may be, with the element. And this is what I think uh, part of my uniqueness is, is that I I come in as as a creative uh, collaborator. I, I am somebody who comes in and helps people think different. And as I've been kind of leaning into this position as, as a coach, I realized that I am in a state of development where I need that same coaching that I'm giving people. And that producing at times some, some dissonance or a place of uh, me lacking maybe confidence or the certainty, but I realized that when I can express that uncertainty, Every single, every single time what happens is that I come to a place of greater clarity. And even when I express the uncertainty or the vulnerability, that which I don't know, the people I work with um, tend to respect me even more because they realize that I'm not bullshitting them. I'm just giving them what I have and that there's also this intention of continuing to develop uh, from there. And I think that's also very powerful. So the fact that you could share 
that you didn't know what you wanted to do or how to do it uh, with the break book, I think is inspiring. Doesn't it feel great when you know that there's still plenty that I need to learn myself and, and, and you expressing that to the people that are around you in, in, in your circle and in your program and it just makes you feel like, okay, he's just like us. We all ain't shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, a comical way, but yeah, I just, I just feel like it, don't cap, don't put a cap on, on, on learning. And, and I think that's what my passion is right now. I'm, uh, I used to be a, a competitor, heavily competing in, in the breaking scene and, and, all that energy, that whole concept is going into uh, how can I combinate these positions, whether I'm publishing a magazine or producing a song or coaching people, hosting. These, how can I combinate these things and, and make it worthwhile for the scene? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. Wicket, it's been awesome talking to you. Any Any final words, anything you want people to know? before we depart yeah be patient whatever your passion is whatever tools you have at your hands uh be patient and follow your gut stay out of the way um don't force anything take your time with it and and keep learning i love it where can people follow you and uh, support you they can follow me on Instagram at bboywicket, B-B-O-Y-W-I-C-K-E-T. Um, that's pretty much it. You can find me there. Cool. That's your landing page. I like it. My friend, I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, I, I look forward to continuing to watch you do your thing. It's inspiring. And my feeling is that we will continue to cross paths in the future. So. Absolutely. Thank you yeah. for helping me fill out my time cards um, at Acrosports. Uh, thank you for coming to Korea with me to R16. And, uh, and thank you for letting me be a guest on your show. Dude, thank you. you, you you've been a very impactful person and figure in my life. So, um, Wait, say I'm, it again. I think my, my, my uh, Wi-Fi was shot. Can you say it again? I didn't hear that correctly. <laughs> you have been a very impactful figure in my life, so I appreciate you uh, dearly. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that we, we got to have this conversation. I can't wait to share it. Let's do another one. We'll do another one. All right, my friend. Peace. This See ya. is the Freestyle Way. Freestyle Way.